Aiden Ross is a scumbag. That's what a lot of people are saying right now. And for those unfamiliar with Aiden, he's a very popular streamer, and he's kind of best known for being the uh, kind of wish version of Andrew Tate, so much so that he'll cosplay as him and like sniff his crotch sweat where he used to be sitting. A guy who, despite not having the ability to read and or say the word fascism, uh, constantly platforms people who espouse those views. A far right authorization on you, on. Ultra-analytic, oh my god, ultra-analyst, analyst. So I don't know what that means, bro, I swear to god. I don't know what the fuck of fascism is. But the reason Aiden's in the news today is people are saying he is guilty of the cardinal sin of online creation abusing the copyright system. At the center of this, you had political commentator and streamer Hassan Piker saying, do not fuck with me, Aiden Ross. This after Aiden and his people appear to have gone on a copyright strike spree, even claiming a video on Hassan's channel titled, Andrew Tate cannot handle my questions. And in that video, Hassan's debating Andrew Tate. It's a portion of a Zoom call that had many other creators on it, including Aiden. Right, but the focus of that video is Hassan debating Tate and Hassan sharing a screenshot of an email that he got saying that his video was claimed by Thumb Media Affiliate, a company that people say is apparently known for falsely copyright striking videos on behalf of creators. This is the video. I'm right here. Here, the entire content of this video is me debating Andrew Tate. If anything, I should be able to fucking content claim Aiden Ross for trying to fucking pose this as his own content as all he did was sit there like a fucking dumbass. I'll see you in court, you stupid fuck. Striking this is incredibly fucking scummy. It's like my editors edited the fuck out of this video. And it's also quite literally me versus Andrew Tate. It's a fucking Zoom call. That is so psychotic. I'm saying, yes, you can see Aiden's social handles and Hassan's upload of the video because Hassan forgot to screen record it, so he used Aiden's upload, which is at least possibly the cause for the claim here. But Hassan arguing that's beside the point because it was a Zoom call where they were all on together and no one person should own it. And saying by Aiden trying to claim that this is his, he's ruining a precedent that creators have set and followed in the community. He's f***ing up the bag for himself. That's the point. This will open up an opportunity if it goes to courts for people that he collaborates with without signing a fucking release form to sue him. So every Instagram model that has ever appeared on Aiden Ross's streams could turn around and sue him for every fucking dollar that he has. Do you understand? And Hassan dropping a very big and meaningful threat. I will literally personally pay the legal fees of other fucking Instagram models and people who now hate Aiden Ross who have appeared on his stream to sue him for every fucking dime he has if he keeps this dumb shit up. But also separate from where this video is coming from, you have people arguing that the videos that are getting hit, they should be covered by fair use. Are you reacting to and transforming a piece of content? But even after all that legal stuff, you have people saying there is just an unspoken agreement between creators. You don't do this. Right, and not just between like big colleagues, but especially with small creators. Right, because one of the reasons this whole situation blew up is that Aiden apparently issued a copyright strike against a smaller creator by the name of Internet Anarchist. With the douchebag even bragging about that claim at one point. Put a W in the chat, we stole $8,000 from him. W! That clip going viral in Internet Anarchist tweeting, YouTube needs to do something to stop people like this from opening abusing the system to bully smaller creators. So there, it appears that this attention has garnered a good update. That claim against Internet Anarchist was closed, so thankfully that part's resolved. But the smaller creator aspect, it's a very big thing. Using how we mentioned the thumb media affiliate company up top, or they were the ones who seemingly claimed Hassan's video for Aiden. Well, they are apparently doing the same thing for videos about iShow Speed, who's another massive creator. And those claims specifically seem to be going after personalities with much smaller audiences. Many others, including once again, Hassan slamming iShow Speed for going after these small creators. But this is transparent greed, you know what I mean? Like you're a multi millionaire and you're milking small content creators. And again, if this is outright theft, you're just taking a piece, you're not doing anything to it, you're putting it somewhere else and you're monetizing it. Yeah, I get that. But when something is fair use, you fucking leave it be. That's scumbag behavior. And hey, I, I think everyone gets like one pass. Sometimes you're working with a company or a group that accidentally overextends. But when you have people like Aiden Ross so transparently celebrating this, 
fuck that person. You're gonna have hangers on who just kind of want to, you know, siphon all that clout, but there is a genuine hate for people like this in the industry. But hey, that's a story, some of my takeaway, and of course, now I pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts here? When you leave that comment, I'll say, oh man, I got ahead of myself. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. It's Tuesday, I hope you're having a good one. And I'm not just saying that because I want to give you a friendly reminder that over at beautifulbastard.com, you got a few days left if you want to snag one of these awesome graphic tees. By next Monday, I'm gonna abracadabra those things out of here. I'm putting a link in the description so you can snag one of those while you can. But hey, buckle up, hit that like button, and let's keep talking news. And then, the war on porn is getting real. With yesterday, Pornhub blocking users in Utah from accessing the site over a new age verification law. And that law, which goes into effect today, requires websites hosting adult content to verify that users are 18 or older. But that means, under this new policy, every time a resident visits a porn site, they will be required to provide a government ID. Where you're not just clicking a box, and companies that do not comply can be held liable if they're sued because a minor was able to access their content. So if you're in Utah and you tried to log on for your nightly Pornhub or midday Pornhub, or I'm not I'm not gonna judge you, but whenever you did it, you were instead met with a video from adult performer Cherie De and not because she was like a, an angry stepmom stuck in a washer dryer. Rather, it's a video of her explaining why access has been blocked for Utah residents. While safety and compliance are at the forefront of our mission, giving your ID card every time you want to visit an adult platform is not the most effective solution for protecting our users. And in fact, will put children and your privacy at risk. In addition, mandating age verification without proper enforcement gives platforms the opportunity to choose whether or not to comply. As we've seen in other states, this just drives traffic to sites with far fewer safety measures in place. Very few sites are able to compare to the robust trust and safety measures we currently have in place. It's also going on to say that in order to be effective, any legislation needs to be enforced against all adult content platforms. And arguing that the most effective way to protect both kids and adults is to identify users based on their device and allow access to certain content based on device identification, and even including a link to its Help Center page on how to set up parental controls on desktop and mobile devices. With that, Sheree concluding, Until a real solution is offered, we've made the difficult decision to completely disable access to our website in your region. And the big key thing here is many experts also agree with these claims that age verification is not effective. And instead, it actually drives children to unsafe sites while simultaneously exposing adults who provide highly sensitive personal info to data breaches, hacks, and extortion. And others arguing this could just be the beginning. With one expert telling Axios, I think this has a huge chilling effect on anybody who's operating in the sexual wellness space, as well as obviously sexual speech of all kinds, including adult content. And y'all, this goes way beyond Utah. Right? Louisiana was actually the first state to enact a law requiring ID-based age verification verification for websites that host adult content. With that going into effect back in January, and since then, Mississippi and Arkansas have also signed copycat bills into law. And this, as similar proposals are working their way through legislatures in more than a dozen other states. With experts saying these proposals don't just limit sexual speech and harm the livelihoods of adult performers. As the New York Times explains, these restrictions could also remake the internet for millions of adults, ushering in a tectonic cultural shift to a stricter age-gated online world. And adding, civil liberties groups say that certain bills could make it difficult for Americans, including minors, to view online information they have a constitutional right to see, violating free speech. Each principles. Right, and that's because many of these bills go beyond just regulating platforms like Pornhub, right, because porn sites are not the only places where you can find porn. In fact, a recent survey by Common Sense Media found that one in three teens seek out porn just by looking on social media. So as a result, many of these proposals that we're talking about here could limit access to social media sites both directly and indirectly. So in order to comply, we're looking at a future where social media sites could essentially be forced to implement much more strict age verification programs like requiring government ID. And with some of these bills, they're so vague as to what content is harmful, which is why you have so many opponents saying they're using this veil of like porn is evil, save the children as a way to crack down on the livelihood.
livelihoods and rights of everyday American adults. With all this, I gotta ask, what are your thoughts on this news? And then, landlords are people too, y'all. We gotta stop dehumanizing this marginalized community. No, that, uh, an obvious joke to pretty much everyone except these landlords in Ontario, several dozen of whom protested in the streets for faster evictions. Because right, they're upset that a pandemic moratorium on eviction hearings caused a backlog in the courts. Meaning, according to them, tenants who don't pay rent have been occupying apartments for months. So with completely straight faces, they held up signs reading things like, stop robbing, stop stealing, stop abusing. Landlords deserve fair laws. And yes, Landlords are people too. As well as one reading tenant evil with a drawing that showed a tenant whipping a small landlord who's pulling a building like a rickshaw cart. And on top of all that, you had a person with a megaphone doing a call and a response shouting my property to which the crowd chanted back my rights. But while for many of you this seems like bizarre world, the landlord and tenant board does take these concerns seriously. And to speed up cases had already said that it would add 40 new adjudicators this month and shift to virtual hearings. So there, a watchdog group criticized the move saying that it's inaccessible for people who have a disability, don't speak English or lack high speed internet. And adding that over several months into 20. 21, tenants were present at only 44% of virtual hearings compared to 86% of landlords. But the policy aside, the, the, the sense of victimhood and like the lack of self-awareness from some of the landlords, it's astounding. Right? Like I understand that certain laws and certain systems need to be put into place to prevent abuse. But at the end of the day, it's just hard to empathize with uh, the haves feeling like they're being victimized by the have-nots. Especially when we're talking about a system that at, at its core is just haves trying to figure out how they can milk have-nots of every dime they can. Like I'm not going to villainize everyone that owns property, but I'm not going to go to your pity party. And then... Imagine of the size of your business, big or small, we can all benefit from cutting costs in the most effective and efficient way possible. And that's exactly where the fantastic sponsor and partner of today's PDS comes in, stamps.com slash fill. Stamps.com automatically tells you your cheapest and fastest shipping options with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to 84% off USPS and UPS. Are you selling products online? They seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. And personally, I love how convenient and cost effective this is for me and my business. I get all the mailing and shipping done without even leaving my house. And you can print official US postage from your computer 24 7. They even send you a free scale so you'll have everything you need to get started. Also need a package pickup? Easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. Y'all, Stamps.com saves me time and money. It frees up the time that allows me to really focus on producing the show, creating the next drop over a beautiful bastard, and spending more time with my family. So set you and your business up for success and get started today with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com slash Phil for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. We're talking no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com slash Phil. And then Elon Musk's Starship is in a bit of trouble. Right? Elon says that the next Starship could be ready to launch in six to eight weeks. That is, if he gets FAA approval and several environmental groups are now suing the agency to stop it from doing just that. This after last month's inaugural test flight of the first fully integrated Starship, the biggest and most powerful rocket ever built, ended in a massive fireball. Now, SpaceX supporters claim that this was a success given how far it got, but activists argued that it just proves that the program is far too dangerous to continue. So the plaintiffs are asking the court to throw out the FAA license allowing SpaceX to launch 20 Starships per year for the next five years, and pointing out that in the last five years, that Starship program has had at least eight explosions at the site. Explosions that spewed debris all over the surrounding area, which environmentalists say is home to many federally protected and endangered species. And this most recent explosion hurling large concrete chunks, stainless steel sheets, metal, and other objects thousands of feet from the launch pad, according to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And that plume of pulverized concrete also sending material over six miles northwest, with residents of Port Isabel also reporting particles of ash raining down on their neighborhoods. Also, while that brush fire that was sparked in Boca Chica State Park only burned three and a half acres, others caused by rocket mishaps have burned dozens. But it also doesn't end there, because 
America's environmentalists are also concerned that even the recovery efforts meant to clean up the mess could cause further harm. With trucks and heavy equipment barging through to pick up residual metal and concrete, you also have people angry that the FAA permits SpaceX to shut down Boca Chica Beach, an otherwise public site for up to 800 hours per year, which a lawsuit says affects local indigenous people's ability to hold ceremonies in the area. You've also seen housing prices in Brownsville rising sharply over recent years, which many residents blame on Musk and SpaceX drawing an influx of newcomers. Though there, others have defended the company's presence, arguing that this has brought long-needed jobs and economic activity to the area, which is why if you go down there now, you'll find people just split between either loving or hating SpaceX, with many of those who are not a fan of SpaceX being indigenous and linking SpaceX to a long history of them getting pushed off their land. You know, Elon Musk... Uh, is on his quest to colonize Mars, and it's beginning. He's beginning by colonizing, you know, our community that's on the front lines of the U.S.-Mexico border. We're tired of living under the constant threat of flammable, you know, rocket explosions because of SpaceX. It's at the point now where, you know, I, I hear a noise, my family and I, and we wonder. You know, is is that SpaceX? But as far as now, the FAA is overseeing an accident investigation and has ordered all SpaceX Starships grounded until it's certain that the public safety will not be compromised. So we're going to have to wait on that as well as this lawsuit. And then Hollywood writers are officially on strike, marking the first time the Writers Guild has taken to the picket lines in 15 years, with that last one in 07, 08, shutting down production for months. And the Guild's negotiating committee releasing a statement last night claiming that the negotiations with the studio representatives have faltered, explaining over the course of the negotiation, we explained how the company's business practices have slashed our compensation and residuals and undermined our working conditions. And adding, the studio's responses to our proposals have been wholly insufficient given the existential crisis writers are facing. The company's behavior has created a gig economy inside a union workforce, and their immovable stance in this negotiation has betrayed a commitment to further devaluing the profession of writing. And so now, this strike is expected to halt production in the film and television industries, with some being hit sooner rather than later, and it's going to have an impact across industries, because jobs and catering in other industries also rely on productions for business. But as far as what you're going to notice, late-night shows are immediately set to go dark, and then more standard programming being impacted further down the line. Though a lot of that depends on how long all this lasts, and right now we have no clue how long it's gonna last. Right, all we can kind of do is look back to the last strike, which lasted about a hundred days, and it cost the LA economy two billion dollars. And today, by all accounts, it seems like writers and studios are at a severe standstill. Right, because while you have the guild claiming that the studios have just not brought serious offers to the table, the group representing the studios claim that they have offered generous increases in compensation for writers as well as improvements in streaming residuals. Right, so this has the potential to be just as big, if not bigger, than the last strike. Because I mean, just think about it: the industry has changed so damn much over just the last handful of years, with writers specifically saying with all these changes, they've got the short end of the stick. And to put it plainly, I'm on the side of the writers here, but with this story, whether you agree or you disagree with me, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And then I actually agree with Ron DeSantis on a thing. And that's because yesterday, Florida man signed a bill that would impose the death penalty for people convicted of sexual battery against children younger than 12. The key thing, this despite the fact that the Supreme Court literally ruled that it is unconstitutional for states to use the death penalty for any crime other than murder in a 2008 case involving a nearly identical law. But specifically, the Supreme Court striking down a Louisiana law that allowed capital punishment for child rapists and explicitly prohibited states from using the death penalty on child sex predators unless they were also convicted of murder. So the question is, why does DeSantis think that he can just go ahead and implement this law that violates a past precedent? Well, it seems like his belief is that this might actually be different. Because right now you have this ultra-conservative Supreme Court that seems to not care about precedent. And DeSantis's office saying in a statement that he is prepared to take this law all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court to overrule. And then? Can we stop? Can you stop? I don't know who it is, but stop. We've got military officials telling reporters that they are now tracking another mysterious balloon that has flown over American soil. Right, according to NBC News, which first reported 
reported the story, the balloon flew over parts of Hawaii and is now slowly headed for Mexico, which sounds like lovely vacation plans. But you've got military sources also telling the outlet that they're not sure if it's a weather balloon or something else. But notably, they also don't believe that it's Chinese and they're still trying to figure out who owns it. And a Pentagon spokesperson saying there's no indication that it was maneuvering or being controlled by a foreign or adversarial actor. And adding that the balloon did not transit directly over defense, critical infrastructure, or other U.S. government-sensitive sites, nor did it pose a military or physical threat to people on the ground. And then... It's time to boycott CNN. That is what tons of people are now saying online since the network announced that it's going to be hosting a town hall event for Trump on May 10th. Or the event, which is set to take place in New Hampshire, will involve Trump answering questions from Republicans and undeclared voters who plan to vote in the Republican presidential primary in 2024. The very key thing, CNN claims that this will be the first time Trump has appeared on the network since 2016 before he even took office. With him notably not appearing since, and even more notably before he incited a violent insurrection. So CNN right now is getting a ton of backlash for giving him this airtime. With boycott CNN trending on Twitter after the announcement yesterday and users writing things like, no one should watch this trash. This is absolutely ludicrous. There is no reason to give the biggest pathological liar in politics a platform to spread his bullshit. Trump doesn't belong on television. He belongs in prison. And many more just calling this a shameful ratings grab. Though I will say, on that note, even if you have people saying boycott, it's very likely CNN's gonna get a huge ratings bump here. And if anything, I would say this kind of proves Trump right. right. You probably remember, Trump said that the news media would miss him. That even if places hated him, he gave them the numbers they crave. And so that's why in many ways you have people seeing this as a litmus test for the mainstream media. Will they throw out the lessons that have been learned since 2015-2016? Or will you be blinded by the money and platform something that almost destroyed America? I get that time softens like how intense we felt on those days. And so many people have dedicated their time and their careers to try and kind of dismiss and downplay where we were. But this is genuine insanity. Like you literally had networks having to cut their feed whenever Trump was speaking because he was just saying lies for hours, unfiltered, uncontested. But also with all the recent news we've seen recently of other news orgs either having to shut down or potentially declare bankruptcy, I am not surprised. And then? In international news, Hong Kong's getting ready to go to the polls, but it's hard to see why anyone would actually bother. Like, a city and mainland officials are cutting how many of the city's local district councils are directly elected to just 20%, and the remaining 80% being split between the city's chief executive and the industry and corporate interests. Also, that illusion of choice gets even worse for voters, right? That 20% they get to elect? To even run, the candidates need to be approved by mainland authorities. And I know you or really anyone with a functioning brain are going, this sounds like an undemocratic mess, but the city's chief executive, he disagrees. He thinks it's perfectly fine, saying, I do not agree that pure counting of election votes means democracy. Different places have their own systems that must take into consideration all the characteristics and all the elements of that place. With all of that being a transparent BS argument, but in terms of actual political power, this isn't a huge loss. Right? These local district councils are considered the lowest rung of government, and they're there to advise the legislature and chief executive on what their areas need, organize community activities, and on the use of public facilities. But when you look at them as an expression of Hong Kong's democracy, it's a huge loss. Right? When the fight over the city's national security law was raging, the elections of the local districts were used as a way to protest, with voters sending a giant middle finger to Beijing by electing pro-democracy candidates to 85% of the 450 seats that were up for grabs. Right, so they controlled the vast majority of district councils, not that China wanted to listen to that message, because instead of wondering why so many of their voters were angry, they just had their hand-appointed city leaders force the winners to swear allegiance to the city's mini-constitution and its clause about being part of China, with nearly all then refusing and either resigning or they were just disqualified. Despite that, these district council elections were still seen as a way for voters to pretend like they were being heard even if it was a protest vote. So just another step towards the city losing even the illusion that it's democratic in any way, just the way the CCP likes. But that brings us to the end of today's show and the news you need to know. Friendly reminder, you only got a few days left if you want to snag something from the surprise graphic tea drop over at beautifulbastard.com. Links down below. But of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.